Hello. Welcome to a new episode of Content Rookie. It's been a while. This hiatus wasn't really something I had planned, but life got really busy, and so it's taken me a while to work through my pipeline of recordings and episodes. And then something else happened just a couple of weeks ago that was a little bit surprising to me, but I'd love to talk about it. So a couple of weeks ago, I published an article titled Why I No Longer Believe in Content Design. And that article went properly viral, not just in the content design community, but in the UX community as a whole, I'd say. And a lot of people felt very seen and heard and agreed. Some people, not so much, didn't really agree with my take. But I think the important thing here is that this article touched upon a lot of things that a lot of us were feeling and experiencing. And I tried to summarize that to highlight that you're not alone if you feel like this, if you're experiencing this, but also that there potentially is a way we can help each other or help ourselves to push through. And so today's episode, I want to talk a little bit more about this whole aspect, why I think there are some more severe issues within the field of content design. Uh, I would argue there are some systemic issues, what I think we can do to fix them, and where I think, for example, other leaders in content design, and myself included, need to step up a bit. Um, first of all, I want to acknowledge the general feeling of despair that a lot of us in the community seem to be sharing. Um, a lot of the comments and messages I got were along the lines of, oh my god, I'm so tired, I feel so burned out, I'm constantly educating others, I'm constantly switching context between various different teams and projects, nobody's listening to me, I spend a lot of time just for people to kind of ignore what I'm suggesting, or for, for example, the copy I've suggested not to even make it into the final release, because there's still stakeholders that aren't even aware what I'm doing or that I'm responsible for copy and things get changed and it feels like everything is kind of out of control and I'm constantly struggling to stay afloat. Um, so I, first of all, I want to say that really sucks. Working shouldn't feel like that. Work should be fun and rewarding and you should definitely feel like you're making progress. And that's a little bit the thing that worried me the most from a lot of the messages that I received, the general consensus was that content designers, even senior content designers, even lead content designers, feel like they're not really making progress and they don't really know where we're gonna go with content design because a lot of us are still having the same conversations that we had five, 10, sometimes 15 years ago before content design was even officially a thing in most of the world. And that definitely is also the pain that I've felt in the past and that I've also heard from people that I've worked with in teams. And I definitely understand where it's coming from because a lot of the things I say on a day-to-day -day basis, I've already said years ago, and I still have to repeat them. And some argue that is necessary and it's like that for a lot of different roles. And I do partly agree. Um, I'm sure UX designers also still have to explain what they do and why they're doing certain things and defend their work. But I do disagree to the take that content design, UX writing has exactly the same issues that UX design has. I do think as content designers, 
we are in a position where we have to defend our work even more than another designer. We have to argue for a seat at the table even more than any other person working in the product org. Um, except for maybe people working with accessibility. I've seen those really, really struggle as well. But I would say in general, we do we do have the the struggle that we still constantly have to educate those around us, including leadership on what we do and why it is important to defend our decisions and how we do our work and explain and explain and explain. And I know a couple of the leaders that weren't really super happy with my article, this was exactly their point, that if you're not up for constantly teaching and educating and managing up, then probably content design isn't the right job for you. Um, and I think that's a fair take, honestly. I still do not think it's how it should be. Definitely, you should probably enjoy some kind of form of managing up and educating others about what you do when you're a content designer. But I definitely don't think that this should be one of the major, major parts of your job that you constantly have to do, no matter at what experience level you are in the company, no matter if you're hired as the first one or the 50th content designer. I do think product orgs in general need a better understanding of what content design and UX writing is and how it contributes to great results. And I think this is one of the gists of things that I also touched upon a little bit in my article, and that is we need to get better at showcasing our impact. And showcasing our impact is only possible if we properly measure our impact and set up the right metrics. And now, you know, some of you may be panicking now and saying, hey, Nicole, I've been trying to set up metrics from day one. Nobody has time to support me in this. There's never time to test specific copy or follow up on conversion rates. I totally understand. I've been in that situation as well. And this is what I mean with there's a little bit of a systemic thing here that we need to solve. We really need to try to get on the same level as we're testing UX designs. We should be testing copy changes and we should not just be A-B testing them to see which word performs better. We should try to set up frameworks that help us measure, for example, NPS, if customers are happier than before, if the amount of support tickets related to a certain flow go up or down, things like that. So to really sit down and consider how can we actually test if the entire user experience is being improved or not, and how can we maybe separate content design efforts out of that? And this may take some strategic thinking and you're probably gonna wanna sit down with a PM, with, an, with a UX designer, maybe with an accessibility specialist and really kind of frame out the journey to find the ways where you can really measure content design specifically. But I've done this a couple of times in the past and it's really, really been worth it. And I've also found it really rewarding when I have been able to show the things that content design can do. Another thing I touched upon a little bit in my article is that I still see this. I've worked for some of the biggest tech companies in the world. I've worked for really small startup scale-ups, basically companies of any size in various different fields as well, not just in tech. But even in tech, I would argue, we have a problem where a lot of product leaders still view content design or UX writing just as microcopy. They will ping you about microcopy um, and they will not consider that you can also really help with context, information hierarchy, information architecture, making strategic decisions early on and being a really strong partner to also feedback the actual design. So I think that there is definitely still opportunity for us to manage up and educate up and continue repeating that it's not just about copy. 
And again, I think we kind of kind of shoot ourselves in the knee here a little bit because whenever I see presentations or even in portfolios that I review where people are trying to show the impact their content designer UX writing work has had, it's usually an A and a B screen that just shows a little tweak in copy and then talks about, for example, an increase in conversion rate. And while that is super, super valuable, of course, we do want to showcase how our work goes beyond just microcopy changes. So I think it's really important to consider that maybe already in your portfolio to talk a little bit more about how you're managing stakeholders, how you're building relationships, how you maybe set up metrics, um, but also consider that for yourself when you're maybe interviewing with a company and you feel like the only thing they actually talk about is copywriting, but just for the product, you may want to ask some questions to figure out how mature is this company really? Do they really want your strategic input on this? Do they really want a content designer? Do they mostly want a writer that is comfortable, you know, in Figma and writing in UX flows? Because that's a different thing. Um, it doesn't have to be, but I think a lot of the frustration that I've seen after posting this article comes from people saying that they have more skills than just the microcopy and want to be involved. And so I do think we still unfortunately have some work to do there where we just need to continue to showcase that. And honestly, I know that's difficult and I know that's tiring. I totally agree. I have good and bad days. On a bad day, the last thing I want to do is tell someone uh, what content design is and what my process is. But I definitely recommend maybe if you're already working on content design to have some kind of roadshow deck where you just quickly outline some of the impact you have, some of the processes you've set up. That can be super helpful to just send to folks or quickly talk through. Or you can even record a loom if you want to. Uh, another thing that I touched upon a little bit in my article is the fact that a lot of us content designers, we document a lot. We have style guides and tone of voice guidelines and glossaries and naming conventions and all of that great stuff. That is awesome and lovely and I definitely think we need it. My experience, the reality unfortunately has been that nobody really looks at it. Maybe a fellow content designer UX writer will, but nobody else in the company that probably should be aware of this. Um, and then it can be really taxing to just keep reposting the same documents and linking the same documents. So I definitely think one of the efforts we need to make, and I've been doing this a lot over the past couple of years, is to make content design documentation part of the design system. That's where designers go. That's also where a lot of engineers end up going and very mature product or orgs. So if your documentation is there, high chance people will actually look at it. And another thing that I like to do is I like to ensure that this kind of documentation is already mentioned in onboarding and not just onboarding of designers and other writers, but also for engineers and also for PMs because we need to make people aware of it and that they can use it. Uh, another aspect that I talk about a little is that generally a lot of content designers still feel like they have extremely low visibility in an org. Even when a specific flow is called out for great design um, and great teamwork, content designers are usually not mentioned or maybe mentioned as a side note. And it's very difficult to see how much impact they actually had, specifically if they were involved in time and had good input on the, on the actual flow and the final designs. So I think this is just something that you need to ask your fellow designers and the PMs that you're working with to please bring you in there, bring you in those meetings that give you visibility, bring you in those situations, mention you in their decks and in their summaries and whatnot, 
to really increase that visibility. And then something I like to do, and again, I know this is extra work for you and can feel frustrating, but it's been really, really valuable for me is that I just document all of this for myself. Hey, I've worked on this. We got positive feedback from here. This and this happened. These people said it was great. Um, I had impact here. We did this after doing user testing, things like that. Just a couple of notes can be really valuable to increase that visibility should someone ask, but also maybe if you're arguing for a promotion later and they ask you to show a little bit more of your work. And honestly, the best part for me is that sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I'll just look at it and I'll see that. Look at all the stuff I worked on. Pretty cool. Um, and sometimes it's good to just remind yourself of all the great things that you do. Um, and maybe you don't necessarily need everyone else to see it in that moment. Of course, in general, definitely agree. Systemic issue, we need more visibility. Um, and in a way, it's all connected. So a couple of the things that I talk about in my article about what I think we can do to just make content design as a job better for everyone involved is, um, I mean, it's honestly a little bit of a shout out to companies that are hiring content designers right now, or maybe have already hired their first content designers, as well as design leaders. Um, and that is really, we have in the past had this habit, in my opinion, because I've been in this situation countless times, and I know a lot of my fellow content designers and UX writers as well, is that a company will suddenly realize, okay, like, we need a content designer, we need a UX writer, someone that owns copy or content, whatnot. Um, and they'll try to hire someone. They don't really know what they're looking for. They usually want someone quite experienced because at least they are aware enough to know that they don't really know what they're looking for. And they just hope that if they bring on someone quite experienced, that will kind of solve itself. That person will know what they're doing, will need less onboarding time and can just figure it out on their own. In general, I understand where this logic comes from. In practice, I think this is exactly the stuff that burns so many content designers out. Because you're brought in, there's high expectations. You're usually only brought in when there's already a really big chunk of workload. Because honestly, if that's not there, usually they don't get headcount for a content designer. Let's be honest here, that's just the reality. So you come in, there's a huge amount of workload. At the same time, you have to establish the whole discipline from scratch, create style guides, tone of voice guidelines, set up all these processes, train designers, PMs, engineers, localization specialists, and who not to work with you. And all of that kind of needs to work from day one because there's already a high need. Um, so in a way, I think organizations are setting us up for failure because it's very difficult to maintain high quality when you have this much demand for your role. And usually you're alone. And usually if you're strong and you are resilient and you work through this and eventually they get more headcount and they hire someone else, um, it can take a long time to get there. But then even when that happens, you kind of need to reconsider your processes. How do you scale this to a bigger team, requires a different set of skills and so forth. So in a way, I think the skills that organizations are demanding from content designers are really, really extensive and really, really high level. Like you need leadership skills to build this. You need change management skills to win over your stakeholders and really establish working processes. And you need a ton of resilience to make it through to be able to say no to all the requests that you're gonna be getting because you also have to spend time on, you know, building a glossary or tone and voice guidelines or actually documenting what you do um, or maybe fostering that relationship with the design systems team. And that can feel really, really demanding for me, the more senior I've gotten in my career, 
Um, I definitely spend, of course, more time in these very like leadership and change management focus skills. But I still find myself thinking, well, like the amount of times a day that I need to say no or I need to push back on something because I just can't switch context that much. That's a lot to ask from someone. Now, I'm pretty comfortable saying no and I'm pretty confident in my work, but I know countless people who are not that comfortable and who really feel like they may be going under. They're worried about losing their jobs. They're worried about never doing enough. And this really, I think these are feelings that come from organizations, just not supporting content designers and UX writers enough from the beginning to really be successful. Um, and I was both, well, glad and sad to read and hear from so many of you that really feel exactly this way. So I do hope by talking about this, uh, we maybe get more leaders to listen and maybe this can change. And that also kind of goes into my second point, which is that I think it's very difficult for someone that isn't a content designer and maybe has never really set content design up from scratch in a place or even worked in a bigger org to understand how much change and stakeholder management really is needed to establish content design. All of that educating, all of that meeting people, all of that understanding how all of these various teams you have to collaborate with, marketing, localization, product, design, yada, yada, how they work and how you can work with them to be a successful content designer. That is extremely complex. And honestly, I can't think of a lot of positions and roles in a company where you would have this amount of stakeholders and would require to would be required to do this amount of stakeholder and change management. It really is a lot. And I just want to confirm, I think, what a lot of you are feeling, that this is a lot to ask from someone, um, while at the same time loading them up with this need to constantly educate others and manage up and whatnot. Um, it is really difficult. And I think we all need to acknowledge that. And again, I hope more leaders listen and understand this and see that we maybe need some more support. Then I also want to make a side note because one thing that I've really learned and one of the reasons I love being a content designer and I also love doing this podcast and talking to you all and writing these articles even though you know they don't just result in in happy and friendly replies is that content designers in general are really great people. A lot of us are super empathetic, sensitive people that really want to help and that, again, almost makes our job harder for us because I do think it's hard for a lot of us to say no to requests, even though we already have too many. We want to support. Um, we want to do really high quality work. We want to document well. We want to educate in a way that is engaging and actually makes people want to understand content design. And all of that means that we have a pretty high standard for ourselves, while at the same time, maybe never getting back what we need really positive feedback, nice kudos, a thank you, the proper visibility we want in the org, or even a promotion. A lot of you wrote to me that you found it difficult to get promotions because it's so hard to prove your value and show that visibility in the organization. And that can be really frustrating. Um, so definitely you're not alone there either. I think a lot of us feel like that. Um, and so there's a couple of more things in this article. If you haven't read it yet, I'm going to link it in the info box and you can read it yourself. I don't really want to just repeat what I wrote there. But one thing I did want to touch about again in this episode is just this feeling of, and I really feel this now that I have a team and that I'm a leader myself, um, we do leave juniors hanging. There's not a lot of jobs for entry-level content designers and UX writers. I feel like there's less and less jobs every day, actually. 
Um, and I think the reason for that is, well, first of all, all of the things that have to be done to be a successful content designer can be really, really crushing for someone that is young, that is fresh out of school, that just learned this. Um, if you just make a couple of mistakes, they can quickly, quickly catch up with you and your workload can really become overbearing. And so I've seen a lot of fresh UX writers really struggle, lose their jobs after just a couple of months or even them quitting their jobs because they couldn't handle it anymore. And that is honestly not great. And I really don't like that this is where I feel our community has kind of gone to. Um, that we feel like we always have to hire someone at the senior or at a staff level because we ourselves don't have the time to really train and coach someone a little less experienced. Um, we can't really do that one-on-one -on -one hand-holding relationship that is usually possible with InDesign. And a lot of companies have really great internship programs and training programs for designers, but those rarely include content designers. And I think that's for a reason. It's because content designers are usually so overloaded with work they don't have additional capacity to also teach someone new. Um, while at the same time, that then means that the companies that do bring on juniors, they those juniors will struggle because it's so much to ask from them. So essentially, I think what I felt strongly in the past, and I know people are going to disagree with this, but I think there is no such thing as a junior content designer. I think if you come in as a content designer, even if you have barely any experience, the requirements you have to fulfill are that of at least a senior person because of all the leadership that is required, because of all the additional skills that are required, facilitation skills, change management skills, relationship building skills, leadership skills, all of that. Those are skills that aren't required from a lot of juniors and other types of positions and jobs. Um, and that, that kind of sucks, right? Because not everyone is built to actually succeed at this from day one. And that's why I feel like the voices have increased over the last couple of months of people saying, hey, is UX writing really worth it for me? I just feel like it's so hard. It's so hard to get a job. It's so hard to keep that job. I get really overwhelmed. Um, so I would really love for us to do more for people who want to get into UX writing and who are looking for their first experiences in companies. Um, so that's a little bit of a shout out to other leaders. I'd be happy to have more conversations about this. I know it's hard and I know we're all super busy, but I really feel like we've been leaving juniors hanging a bit. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about since I'm mostly known for this podcast and this article kind of came out of the blue. I just wanted to make sure that people connect Content Rookie with this article as well and the other way around. It's still me. Um... And there will be more episodes of Content Rookie coming out very, very soon. Again, I'm a little behind because, you know, there's a lot to do at work. <laughs> and I have a one-year-old. She just started daycare. And so far, it's a little bit 50-50. Some days it goes well. And other days, I pick her up um, during lunch. So my schedule is a little bit messy in terms of when I can get things done and have some quiet time to record, like today. But I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you want to reach out, feel free. Um, all of my info is linked in the info box as usual. And I'm happy to chat. If you have any other feedback for the podcast, please let me know. If you want to be on the podcast because you feel like you have something really interesting to share, please let me know as well. And I hope you tune in again next time. This is Nicole from Content Rookie. Bye-bye.